Looking to give back this holiday season? Donate to the Army Historical Foundation. For 40 years, the Army Historical Foundation has ensured our nation never forgets the sacrifices of those who serve. As the Army's nonprofit partner, the Foundation constructed the National Museum of the United States Army. The Foundation's work also extends beyond the museum's walls, restoring artifacts, touring historic battlefields, and remembering all we owe to America's Army veterans. Donate today at ArmyHistory.org. Here in Key West, we were out before it was in. In this open and inclusive paradise, you can be yourself, make new friends, and savor our live and let live vibe. With LGBTQ plus friendly accommodations, our legendary nightlife, and year-round activities and events, it's always a good time to come as you are. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. It's the Custard TV podcast, the official podcast of thecustardtv.com, and I am very pleased to be joined by writer James Payne, who wrote the heartbreaking episode of EastEnders that had its highest rating of the entire of 2014 last night. Thank you ever so much for doing this, James. I do really appreciate it. Could you explain to me how you came to write this specific episode? How does it work as far as who gets what in the writer's room? For these for these episodes, it w- I, I was coming back to EastEnders. Um, I'd, uh, I'd been writing on EastEnders for about five years. Uh, actually, no, about six six or seven years between 2002 to 2009 um, and then I left um, <clears throat> in 2009 and to, to go and do some other things really so I, I worked on Hustle and Ashes to Ashes and uh, Musketeers recently um, so I sort of thought that I'd left EastEnders behind really um, um, although it was always um, the show that I always dreamed of writing um, you know, when I was signing on and dreaming of becoming a writer, it was always the show that was my number one ambition to write for. Um, and uh, I was working on a show called um, By Any Means, which was um, <clears throat> a sort of crime drama um, made by Red Planet. And um, we just had the first series and we were waiting for a decision on the second series. Um, and then we found out that it had been cancelled, uh, which was, uh, you know, disappointing. Um, and pretty much on the same day, I got an email from uh, Manpreet, who who works at EastEnders, um, asking if I was available for a drink. And uh, I got taken to a very nice place in Soho by uh, Manpreet and Dominic Treadwell-Collins. And uh, they gave me loads of drink. And, um, it's always a good sign, <laughs> I presume. <laughs> yeah, and and uh, and told me about this this story, and um, and I I didn't really think I'd be available to do it because I, I was still waiting on we were still waiting on decision on by any means. So I said, um, look, if if by any means doesn't happen, um, uh, then I'll have a window and uh, and and we can talk about it. And then, uh, yeah, so by the means didn't happen. I had a window, and things just seemed to fall into place. So, uh, yeah, I came back. I came back really after, I guess it was five years away. And presumably, something like 
this where you're dealing with with grief is that more of a challenge than just writing a normal EastEnders episode because it was so it was so hard to watch particularly the the final scenes mm. between uh, between Peter and, and Ian were yeah. those scenes hard and what did you draw on for those um well uh, I, you know i think i think grief is sort of a universal um thing that you know most people have experienced and and loss and sadness uh um you know everyone has an experience of it and i think um uh i think this this story um or or the particularly the episode 4842 um just seemed to me to be an opportunity really to to walk through to walk through that process because um i think um you know, one of the great things about say EastEnders continuing drama is is that you you have the space to to just step through the process on that. So when I first got the story document, I was very interested in in just just chasing through that process and and not not trying to be too fancy with it, um, and just really trying to to render um, I guess the truth of the situation for Ian Bill. Um, a character that you know everyone's grown up with, um, that people have very sort of different opinions about, but uh, but a character who, at the end of the day, it, you know, is <clears throat> first and foremost a father, um, and someone someone who who you know who loves his children dearly, and I think that's you know that's uh, that's the kind of thing that most people can relate to, um, being a parent or being a child, um, just that sort of sickening, awful horror of, of finding out news like this. My favourite scene was the scene while Ian's waiting to go in to see Lucy and he's with his FLO and they're just talking about how well she knows Walford and that the cinema used to be there. That seemed like very naturalistic dialogue. Can you yeah. talk to me about the, I, I know you said earlier on Twitter that that was a scene that very nearly got cut but it seemed integral to me and very very naturalistic how how did that come about can you even i just i just i just i mean i I, i'm from um east london i grew up in walthamstow um uh and i spent 30 years of my life there so i you know when people talk about canals and when people talk about high streets you know my imagination I, i don't need to use it because i just go to, to my own history, really, and um, you know, Walthamstow High Street and and the marshes in Walthamstow, um, and it just you know it just it just starts sparking off, I guess, feelings and um, and and uh, and, uh, and memories, um, <clears throat> and so all of that all of that just just came straight out, really. What's your name again? Emma. Tough job, yours can be. Are you from Wolford? No, Clapham. But I know Wolford pretty well. My gran used to live over by the canal. All right. Whereabouts? Do you know Cavendish Road? Yeah, the old bomb site. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, my gran had a friend she used to go and visit over there, Dolly. She used to go on the 764 and they'd go out to bingo together. Oh. Years ago. It's got a place just off the um, high street. I think it used to be a cinema. Or oh, the Empire? Yeah, that's the one. The one that's been brought up about um, 20 years or so. Yeah. Don't know why they haven't knocked it down. 
Surely because it's listed or something. A lot of those old buildings are. Yeah, most of them are. Okay. Do you need a moment? No. I just need this to be a dream. And it's just it's just one of those conversations that um, that people have, and uh, you know, you know, there's this, there's a real sort of there's a real sort of mundanity about, um, yeah, about it was some just... of this grief. And I guess you know one of the one of the things you kind of want to establish between the FLO and Ian is is a kind of a relationship. There is some common ground, and I think those conversations are probably very important, even though they don't really mean anything in the plot. Um, they're very important in, in bonding characters who are going to be sharing a lot of time together. Was there anything you were keen not to do with with a, with a script like this? Because it could have been completely over the top and very, very, very shouty and very, very sort of screaming. Was there anything <laughs> you were keen to avoid? Um, I mean, I, I, I tend not to, to go for, for the shouting um, unless it's really necessary i always think less is more um and i think you know the more more a character holds something in um the more you can empathize for them the more you can see um you know that stuff bubbling up inside and i think i just always i've always thought that that's a more powerful more powerful thing to witness than than, than screaming and shouting the little girl was out walking with her granddad and and she found Lucy. Poor little thing. Um, the police have asked if we don't go into Lucy's room. They, they need to have a look in there. Is this something real? Yeah, the kids. Where are they? Um, Bobby and Cindy have been seen in there. Last time I spoke to Peter, he was in the pub. She went for his sister. I didn't really, there wasn't anything I wanted to particularly avoid. And um, when I first spoke to, to Dominic about it, and he talked about, you know, Lucy dying, um, his pitch was very much, um, <clears throat> you know, Lond- London is a dangerous place. And, um, and, and we talked just about grief and about, and about heartache. Um, and, um, you know, it was, <clears throat> it was very flattering that, he, you know, he thought of me to write those episodes. Um, um, and I think so. I think we were really on on the same page about um, you know the, the core emotions and, that we and, and tone that we were that we were looking for. And um, so I think I think everyone had quite a clear idea from the beginning, you know, that these were going to be these weren't necessarily going to be, you know, high octane emotion. It was very much going to be the slow burn. Can you talk to me also about the juxtaposition between what was happening with the Beals and what was happening in the pub with with um, the Carters? And how was that important to you that you had that light and shade happening? 
when I first got the story document, um, there were a couple of other stories that were running <clears throat> alongside uh, alongside the sort of um, Ian, Ian's grief, as it were. Um, and I wanted originally just to strip everything out apart from apart from Ian. Um, but as I started writing it, it became quite clear, really, that it was kind of too it's kind of too heavy, really. It's just <laughs> there's just something quite relentless about it. And I think it, you know, I think I don't think that any of the power is lessened um, by introducing, you know, that that second strand um, uh, with the Carters. Um, and, and if anything, um, it, you know, it works, you know, very well, um, sort of metaphorically, and uh, and just in terms of giving, I think, the audience a bit of a breather from. <laughs> From uh, yeah. from poor, poor Ian. Okay, listen up now. If it's a girl, we're gonna have a shot of gin. If it's a boy, we're having scotch. What if she has a hundred and one? Oh, shut up! We'll <laughs> have a good night, won't we? Yeah, exactly. Ladies, I've had a little party. You hand in the script, and how ma- how many changes will be made, or is the script you wrote the script we see on screen for the most part? Um, I think I did about. Three or four drafts of this script, um, beginning in January and finishing um, around March. Um, the, the first draft um, uh, wasn't massively dissimilar to the final draft, um, but the work that we did and the work that I did with um, my script editor Thea Ward was really about just, um, I guess, just boiling down the essence of, of this episode. And, and the more we worked on it, the more. <clears throat> the more we realised, um, I think you know that that the tone of this episode was about, um, you know, leaving opportunities for space, um, and um, and silence, and and um, and being, I guess, kind of brave enough to to trust, um, you know, the actors, um, and particularly Adam Woodyatt, who did an amazing performance, to, to, and and the director, of course, Rebecca Gatwood, uh, to just kind of capture the things that we were talking about almost in the in the stage directions um so uh so yeah it was um sort of three or four drafts but but fairly straightforward really and is it an exciting place to be at the moment eastenders because it seems like it's back where it should be being talked about people are excited about it again and trusting in it again is is it an exciting place to work at the moment i'd imagine it is uh, well, I was I was only really up there a couple of times um, during this process um, because I'm not a, a regular writer on the show at the moment. But from what I saw up there, you know, the mood is 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 very upbeat. Um, you know, Dominic um, loves the show to death, and he he always has done. And he has a really clear clear vision on on uh, EastEnders about kind of I think about honouring its past but also um, you know uh, I think he says himself sort of playing new songs and um, and, and telling stories in, in, in with a sort of depth of emotion I think um, that I find and I think all of the writers uh, you know find very appealing um, so yeah it's definitely <clears throat> it's definitely a happy ship up there at the moment You must be very pleased with the with the response you've had as well just since the episode do you read all that sort of feedback? Is it hard not to, or do you try and stay away from it the best you can? No, I I love it. I love I love reading. You know what what people make of the episodes, and 
I mean, you, you can never really let it go to your head because you know, you know, one one moment of praise, the next it's this is the worst episode of EastEnders ever. This is so boring. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but I'd say on the yeah, I'd say on the whole that you know the response was was has been very very positive, and um, it's just it's just it's just lovely, um, you know, to be uh, to to feel uh, you know how much the show kind of matters to to people. That's why. You know, um, that's why I kind of look at that, look at that stuff because I just, you know, that in the end, that's the audience, and um, and it, and it's important, I think, to 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 kind of check that what you're doing, you know, they they care about. Um, so it's, but yeah, it's, it seems like there were a lot of, a lot of tears shed, and uh, you know, every tweet I read, you know, is about people bawling their eyes out. So I think you know, we we probably did actually, you know, cry a river collectively last night. Dad. What? Don't. What is it? It's Lucy. Don't say it. Please don't say it. She's gone. She's gone. I'm sorry, please. I think the big difference between uh, those sort of hour-long dramas or crime dramas um, and, and soaps is that you get a storyline. Whatever I brought to the script, um, there was a document that pretty much outlined all of the stuff that, that happened last night and kind of outlines the stuff going forwards as well. And that, that's, that was created by um, Alex Lamb um, and the story department um, at EastEnders and... You know, they probably don't get enough credit for what they do, but you know, pretty much the bulk of what happened last night was was in that story document. So, so that's the, the big difference, really. And I, I love, you know, taking those story documents and, and, and making them my own. And that's what's great about EastEnders is that every kind of at every stage, you know, once I finish the script, the, the director takes it and makes it their own, and, and so do the actors. And I think that's that's how you get this kind of. Um, this magic sometimes. Download this podcast from thecustardtv.com. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.